Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. We've missed you a week later. The Eagles were embarrassed 35-31. They're now the five seed. And they don't have much shot to win the NFCs. The play calling on both sides sucks. The body language sucks. This team, they might suck. Let's let's get into it with Kevin Kincaid and our special guest. We have Sean Brace. What's up, fellas? They suck. They suck. Hey, again. They're cool. I don't know if we can hear you. Can you talk? One, two, three, four, five, six, there seven. You there you go. New Year. It's like you've done this this before. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. I'll fill in the blanks. They do suck. Dude. No punts. No punts. We suck on defense. You know. And, and that's. I can't believe it because I had them scoring. You know, I, I thought they would put up 30-plus and limit the Cardinals to, like, 17. And then the game got going. Kyler Murray pretty good. I'm like, all right, they'll get three touchdowns. Never did I think they were going to lose this game. Of 15? Uh, yeah. <laughs> tapping right. out, man. I'm tapping out. I uh, See, I can't. I can't tap out yet because I don't want to be the one left holding the bag being like you gave up on these guys. One guy I have given up on. And I know it came out today that Adam Schefter said his job is safe. We saw that before, you know, when he said that Doug was supposed to be back next season. And then he goes down to Tuesday, uh, goes down to um, Florida on a Tuesday, gets whacked by uh, by Jeffrey Lurie and ends up in uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, one guy who I don't think is safe is Nick Sirianni. I think Nick Sirianni right now, I'm predicting it. I think he's gone at the end of the year. Why? That's a big take, man. That's yeah. a, I mean, what were we uh... – Four weeks ago, five weeks ago, we're talking about Super Bowl, Super Bowl mm-hmm. possibility. Now we're talking about Nick Sirianni being fired. I, can't, I cannot, I, I can't think of a bigger swing in Philly's sports in my entire life. Well, I mean, Is two years ever, later, they fired Doug Peterson after one of the first Super Bowl. So I think anything's possible. So, well, so you're basing this off of Doug Peterson because that's what Jansen no. was saying yesterday. Oh, no, you're not. Okay. Why no, do you feel like I'm, he could be fired? This is what I'm basing it off of. He doesn't call plays. He doesn't pick the players. He doesn't. Um, he's not in charge of the personnel. He's basically a glorified babysitter in a way. He was handed the keys to one of the greatest. Not doing a good teams. job at that either. He's not doing. And and the the, the public issues and, and the Eagles have never been good at keeping things in house. Never have been good at keeping things in house. But to see the public. Um, issues that they're having in the locker room play out in the media, play out in uh, players' quotes. You see the body language on on the uh, on the field and everything. It's bad. It's so it's bad. It's it's embarrassingly bad for a team that just went to the Super Bowl with a lot of veteran leaders like the Eagles have to let this stuff just kind of get to where it is. AJ Brown, I'm speaking tomorrow. I'm excited for that. Um, it's just it just and also there's 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 good candidates. Like, I'm not even on the Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick train, but I mean, Ben Johnson is probably the best candidate out there, and the Eagles are going to have the best, um, most sought-after job in the offseason, and they should have their pick of the litter. So why not get a nice middle ground between Doug, who questioned things with Howie, to Nick, who was kind of just a babysitter, get a middle guy who can call plays, guys like give his you know direction. I just I don't see Nick Sirianni coming back this year no matter what Adam Schefter says. 
Wow. I can't I can't help but laughing because like we're talking about firing Nick Sirianni. Are we seriously talking about firing Nick Sirianni on January 3rd, 2024? And I hate the fact I hate the fact that it's like a plausible real yeah, discussion and there's something real to it. I'm trying to formulate this take. Maybe you guys can help me. Maybe the chat can help me along with you two guys formulate this statistic in real time. I don't think the Eagles have fired a head coach with a franchise losing record since Ray Rhodes. Is that correct? Doug had a winning record while he was here, right? Chip Kelly had a winning record. Nick Sirianni will have a winning record. Andy Reid had a winning record. So when you tell me that, because EJ was saying earlier, like his idea was, I'm going to bring it back up again. If you fire an 11 to 12 win coach who made three out of three playoffs, you will never hire a decent head coach again. No one will interview with you. That's correct. You're not going to get Bill Belichick because it doesn't fit the pattern of Nick Sirianni, of uh, <clears throat> Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman being able to, to be the people and like pull the strings over top of like an experienced coach. You're going to do what, what we tell you to do. And what ran Doug out of town? It was the assistant thing. It was Press Taylor, right? And, and you know, wanting to promote his assistants and bring his bring in his own guys that they didn't think were good enough. So the pattern of why was Chip Kelly ousted? Because he started trading all their good players and he couldn't work with Howie and Jeffrey didn't want to. Why was Doug Peterson ousted? Because of the assistance thing and control and personnel and whatever. If Nick Sirianni goes, it's going to be probably because of the Sean Desai, Matt Patricia, Brian Johnson stuff, right? So there's a clearly like what's what you were talking about, Pagan, and like what you what you wrote in that story earlier. There's a definable, there's a like discernible pattern here with the way that the Eagles do with their stuff. Now I would go devil's advocate and say, if they did fire Nick Sirianni, look what happened when they did that to Chip Kelly. They brought in a, in relative, a, a guy who people thought was not that great, won a Super Bowl with him. Then they fired Doug. What happened? How we got the ship straightened out again, went to the Super Bowl with that person. So if they did fire Nick Sirianni, would anybody begrudge them for that? I wouldn't. I mean, I think Howie deserves to pick his fourth coach. It sounds crazy that Howie's picking his fourth coach. He probably deserves to pick his fifth coach. But like, it maybe maybe the shelf life in Philadelphia is three years. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, Nick looks like shit. I don't know if you guys watched that press conference on Monday or Tuesday. He looks like Doug Peterson looked after that yeah. four and, and twelve season. He looks like, more and was, more like me. I got the drunk Sirianni thing now. Sirianni yeah. looks like drunk Kincaid. I think when you look at him on the, these these. Uh, yeah, he I'm looks not, like that. I'm not sorry. I didn't mean like I'm not even a Sirianni guy. I just think that that would be the wrong way to go about it, right? Like this is an 11 win football team. I know things have really the sky's fallen, and it's been some really bad losses. But you went out, you got your quarterback. I, I just don't see how you can go ahead and pinpoint this. All I get it. He's the head coach. I get it. But, you know, I think it's fixable. I do. It's not going to be the easiest thing. Offensively, you got a really good talent in Jalen Hurts. Devonta's awesome. Dallas is good. The offensive line, sure. They just plug and play. I, I just don't see firing Sir Sirianni after 11-win season. If they win this week, they're going to have 12 wins, make the playoffs, and they're going to fire them. They're gonna have, and guess what? They're going to have a game away down in Tampa Bay, and they're probably going to lose to big balls Baker Mayfield. Really, they're not playing. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. 
they could, they could because they're, but they're not playing good football right now either. They show flashes. So I think the Eagles could beat them, but again, like that's just, you know, that's kicking the can down the road. I, I I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like it, it, I'm not a Sirianni guy, as I said, Nick Sirianni doesn't do much for me. So there are great candidates out there. I'm with you, but I just don't know, man. I just don't see Jeffrey Lurie firing Nick Sirianni the first time that he's dealing, maybe the second time that he's dealing with a little bit of, you know, shit going on inside the locker room. The golden boy walks into Jeffrey Lurie's office, says, hey, we got to get rid of uh, Nick Sirianni. They're getting rid of Nick Sirianni. I mean, think about it. You, you talked about it, 11 wins, 12 wins, all that. How he's rebuilding the team. Nick Sirianni has nothing to do with rebuilding the team. I think Howie is so cocky that he thinks he can win with anyone. He thinks he could win with a bag of shit as a head coach. I mean, he he, he gave Nick Sirianni one of the greatest teams in franchise history last year. Me and you and Kincaid, we could have came up with nine to ten wins last year. That team yeah. was awesome. We could have just walked in and said, I'm, I'll just do the press conferences. Shane Steichen, you run the offense and call the plays. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Gannon, you run soft zone, you know, and like I will just stay out of the way. But isn't that what a good leader does sometimes? Just delegate? No way. Mike to Tomlin, be or is he yeah. just, but Mike, but like, like the only guy you can compare him to is Mike Tomlin, really, is, as a guy who kind of is the CEO and lets his CFO and his CMO and all those guys, all executives. Do yeah. his do his bidding. The only problem is Mike Tomlin's not telling fans to go fuck himself. He's not telling you know he's not being a cocky motherfucker after games. The worst thing that Mike Tomlin ever did was he tried to trip that punt returner coming down the sideline. Like <laughs> that's what he did. Like that's all he's he's kind of behind the scenes shadow guy. I'm once again I'm a Nick Sirianni guy. I like Nick Sirianni. I think sometimes people are too hard on Nick Sirianni. I love the cockiness about him. I I wish Philadelphia would be more cocky. Um, in terms of not just sports, but in terms of healthcare and 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 business and and other things, like I feel I feel like I hate that we're we kind of look at ourselves as this underdog second rate city. I love that like Nick Sirianni had that kind of passion and whatnot to be cocky, but that wears thin. Definitely in the locker room, it wears thin. And I know AJ Brown said it wasn't about the media. It was definitely about the media because he he tweeted that whole Kevin Durant like two minute video of him being like uh i come here i talk to you guys i don't need to talk to you guys all my all that happens is my story gets twisted and everything but it's definitely some about the coaches too he had a i know marcus hayes had that piece over the weekend but basically it was the same thing that he said in a quote two weeks prior that it was like we're doing everything we can on the field things that are off the field we cannot control meaning hindsight uh, meaning that i think he was talking about the play calling and whatnot when do we uh when when does Jalen Hurts, you know, speak up? When does he become a little bit of a, a team leader here? It's just crazy to me because this team had so the culture, that word, you know, we heard about it. And and it's the the truth, right? The Eagles did have great culture. You had Jalen Hurts, Kelsey, uh, you know, we can go down the list. And what the hell happened to it? I, I just I expect more from a little bit from Jalen Hurts. I maybe, hey, look, man, maybe that's not who you are, maybe that's not who you were. But that's what's needed right now. This team needs leadership in a drastic way. And I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. No idea. But all this nonsense of the pouting and, oh, I'm going to talk. Like, I, I'm, hey, man, I feel you, Kyle. I know how you are with the uh, with the content game and all that. It's going to be great. 
AJ Brown makes me sick right now. And I think he's an awesome player. Feed him the rock. But he's been whining for two plus weeks. Dude, if you're a grown ass man, walk into the damn coach's office and have a one on one. Supposedly he did. That should have happened last week or the week before or two weeks before that. I've had enough of the nonsense. This team. And I'll even, you guys ready for this? Because you guys are going to hate me on this one. The fans, the booing, everything. I'm so sick of it all. I'm sick of it all this year. I am. This team had so much going for them. And then in three weeks, it's just the sky is falling. Everything is just demolishing right at the seams right now. And just the, 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 the snowball, the avalanche, you knew it. I got Jason Martinez for Fox 29. They go first three and out, and he's like, oh, the game's over. Like, dude, there's 59 more minutes to be played here. But it is, it I is. guess he was right. I guess I know, he was but right. What I would say is that, I, like, I don't even necessarily disagree or agree with that. I would just say what's concerning is the, the you know, the speed at which it all unraveled. Yes. You know, because I felt like we were kind of holding it together even when they were winning. And, you know, it's funny because I went on, like, I'm looking on, you know, socially after the game and some people, you get like a handful of people who come back and they say, I told you so, you know, they were, they were winning these games by the skin of their teeth. I'm like, that's bullshit because you're just waiting for the loss. So you can come back and yell at people. But, you know, I said like some people, you know, we all knew they were winning close games, right? And we asked ourselves, is this sustainable? You, there was nobody out there who was saying this, there's nothing to worry about. This team is flawless. There are people who are looking at the close wins and going positive. There's some people looking at the close wins and going negative. But a guy who's a frequent reader, his name's Chet, um, up, he Chet? said, I don't know if it's as simple as like, you know, positive and negative versus like realist and idealist. And I thought that was a more accurate way to look at it because the realist would say, I appreciate these wins. I'll be positive about these wins, but I don't know if that's sustainable. Whereas the idealist might say, I'll appreciate these wins, but I hope that it's sustainable. So maybe that's an extra layer to go, not just like a surface positive negative kind of thing. But do you think that based on the way they're winning these first eight to nine games, that what they do can extrapolate to the second half of the year? Can they keep winning by the skin of their teeth? And obviously the answer to that now we know is, is no, they could not. So maybe there was some, maybe the reason it unraveled as fast as it did, Sean, is because you maybe you had a large portion of those people who were like, I watched them barely escape versus Washington in overtime or, you know, kick a 59 yard field goal in the rain just to tie it up and send it to overtime. Maybe they were like flying by the seat of their pants much earlier than other than we were willing to admit. And maybe we should have seen some of the writing on the wall. I don't know. I mean, we could do all the hindsight kind of shit. But yeah. it's, it's less about people's reaction and more about how quickly we went from here to like rock bottom. For me, I have the media. So, sorry. It is so funny how the yeah. media too, where it's like, Everything's sunshine and rainbows for the last, you know, 18 months. But once things go down, here comes your 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 pieces on, you know, uh, the most miserable 10 in one team or uh, people have internal concerns about Jalen Hurts. It's it's crazy how much this city snowballs, even not just the media, even the fans and everything. When things are going bad, they are go. They it's it's no on a scale of one to 10. It's no seven. It's no six. It's immediately nine and ten. I mean, I, I feel like yeah, we, we live on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Because well, it's the expectations, right? That's the yeah. difference. That's the difference. It's got to be for all these teams. I'm rocking a Sixers cap. You know, if nobody had any thoughts about the Sixers ever winning a championship, getting past the se- second round, we would be watching Joel Embiid and loving what we're seeing. The guy's a force. He's incredible. But it's the expectations that come with that team. Same thing with the Eagles, what they did last year. That's the difference. Somebody tweeted it out. Uh, I think it was Zach Berman. A couple weeks ago against Dallas, they flew down to Dallas back in 2017, came back with a win. I think it was their eighth win of the season. Everyone's going nuts. This year, it's just a whole different vibe going the other way. I mm-hmm. Look, I, I just, man, it's it's frustrating. I think, you know, like your point, uh, pointing out, Kyle, with the media, you got Sealski, you got Marcus Hayes. Those guys, they can't wait for it. They're old school. You know, it, they, they can't wait for this. This is what they live for. Miss Nell used to say it all the time not talking shit about them, but you know, like this is what, and, and, and this is a rocket science, right? We know when things are bad, this is when the ratings go up. This is when your job becomes a hell of a lot easier. Trust me, Monday through Friday, three hours, four hours a day when they're winning, ain't that easy when they're losing they're just hey, six one Oh, six, three, three, boom, five lines. Right. So it's just, it, it goes hand in hand with it, but to my point, I, I would just finish up by saying the expectations were just through the roof for this team, and that's why we are just going down like a roller coaster right now. And who the hell knows where it stops? I, I hopefully not Sirianni being fired because man, that would just be a disaster. You're not a Sirianni guy, but you don't want him fired. Like, like Sean, what, yeah. is, what does he do? What is, what does he do that you're like, you know? Because I, I think this team has good bones, and I think how he can turn this around. But again, man, you are man. You love some Howie Roseman. Howie's got a tough job this offseason. He's got a tough job this offseason. But that he's proven it already. Atrocious. Yeah, but here I'll, I'll play. I'll play devil's advocate for that thing because when when everybody was you know um, you know blowing sunshine up Howie Roseman's ass and saying he put together this amazing roster, which he did, I posed the question of how much credit do you get for fixing your own mistakes? Sure. Ooh. I like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like because the Rager shit, you talk about whether Doug Peterson wanted Rager or whatever. But I mean, how he's the general manager. Right. And, you know, so, yeah, they drafted Devontae Smith. Great draft pick. The Heisman winner. No shit. They drafted him because the first round receiver they drafted last year sucked. So, I mean, yes, there's going to be ebbs and flows in roster management and, you know, cr- creating these these you know, these groups, right? But that what happened after, you know, he brought in a bunch of mercenaries last year that worked out. Kaiser White leaves, TJ Edwards goes elsewhere in free agency. So he goes back to his hiring, you know, hiring, assigning linebackers off the off the street. So that's a rhetorical question that I would pose to you guys and to the chat as well. Howie Roseman in a vacuum. Yeah, he did a good job. But who's Ross, whose shitty roster did he fix? His own. So, you know, it's like, how, how do you look at all that over the course of, you know, 10 or 12 years or when, however long it is since he's been removed from the broom closet, you know, and say like, you know, are we look, are we evaluating this in totality versus like, you know, blocking it into like two or three year windows or something? I think that's a valid question, you know, how we can, I'll I'll go first, how we can do no wrong to me because he came out of the fire through the fire. Sebastian Telfair, greatest documentary ESPN has ever put out. He came out through the fire after 2020 and we went to a Super Bowl two years later. If you remember the fire, Howie Roseman chance at the Phillies games, Howie Roseman was persona non grata that year for him to come out smelling like he is right now. And the fact that his job isn't on the line and we're talking about firing another coach two years later, and he's already been to another Super Bowl, Like that's, that's insane. Like not, there's not many GMs that could do that. And again, if Howie Roseman ever left, he'd be gobbled up in in two seconds. And I think Nick Sirianni, if he ever left, 
if he ever got fired. Same thing with Doug. He'd be gobbled up within the week or two. I just don't know if he's if he's long for this the city. I agree with Howie. I don't know about Sirianni. Um, uh, definitely with Howie because man, the general manager on record on television during draft time going, oh, anytime I see Howie Roseman call, I never want to answer. Absolutely, dude's the real deal. And look, you know, he he got bitten by the the injury bug a little bit. Nicobe Dean was supposed to be that guy. I don't know if he is. Uh, somebody just brought up drafting all these Georgia players. Maybe wasn't the right way to go about it. Again, you know, it's a draft pick. I don't expect him to go seven of seven of seven every draft. Howie's the real deal. Look, we, he he got fired in. He you know he's able to make moves. He's fleecing general managers. I'm not trying to get rid of anybody, uh, Howie or Sirianni. I just don't think, and, and this is all, the last thing I'll say about Sirianni is I just don't think it's a good look. Um, two years, three years, right? Three years now, because the first year they made the playoffs, second year went to Super Bowl, third year is right now, that after he's going to win 12 wins, they make the playoffs. You're not going to allow him the opportunity to fix it. And this is a team effort because that defense stinks. So how he's going to have to do his job big time this offseason, Sirianni, I think, deserves another opportunity to right the wrongs this year. If it doesn't, If it doesn't work out, who knows how this season ends up? Kev just went to his uh, bookshelf and looked at three different hats that he was going to pick. I thought he was going to make his college decision. You know, you know, I'm like, oh, see, I have some like borderline obsessive compulsive disorder, like oh, ADHD. And I was looking at the there's room for four hats up there, but I forgot to replace one. So there's two hats and then a gap and then another hat. So I just pushed them together to kind of make three hats. Also, this is driving me crazy. I can't get this thing to fucking sit right because it's like <laughs> oh my God. Is, is that an Emmy behind your head too? Do you have an Emmy award? Yeah, yeah. Here. Wow, look at you. You're one of those people. I like it. Yeah, Man. I, listen, man. Walt Hunter did all the work. I just tagged along and rode coattails. By the way, you got to like pay that. to win these too. So No, really? You got to pay to yeah. own one, right? Not to win, to, to, to actually get one for the room? No, you pay like to, you pay to enter like, um, gotcha. the, you know, it's uh, there's different chapters like up and down the East Coast and West Coast and Midwest and shit like that. So wait, so you pay this fee, you enter into like a category and then the money is used to, you know, throw the party at the ballroom or whatever, gotcha. or like, you know, have people judge it or whatever. I did. I did judging like like so, you know, we go up against like Fox and ABC and all that stuff. And, you know, that there's somebody from like Chicago and they judge the entries. Whereas like if the Florida chapter is doing it, they would ask me and be like, yo, do you want to be a judge for for their shit? And so I that's what I did. But yeah, Walt Hunter did all the work for this one. Nice. Hmm. That was 2013. Sure. But how were yeah. the how were those parties? Goody bags any good? Yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah. People got very drunk at those parties because oh, I guess yeah. people who work in television don't get to go out that often, you know. So it's yeah. like uh, you know, a lot of um Stuff Larry, you wouldn't normally see, you know. So Larry Menti having a couple too many uh daiquiris, wow. too many cosmos over there. Larry Menti walking out with all of his Emmys like like this. Did you ever see that like Philly Mag photo of him where he's got like 40 Emmys and he's like on his couch shining shining them or whatever? You know? Yeah, Alicia was Lane was married the other 20. Alicia Lane, there you go. That's a name right there. Is she still yeah. married to Booker? She had to put down her Emmys in order to punch the cop in the face. So I think that's how it, how it works. Larry Menti, I remember watching. I was at a uh, an Irish party off a of Spring Garden. What was that place? Mag not McGillan's. Um, I uh, it was, it was um, on the corner of Third, Third and Correct. Spring Garden. Yeah, yeah. I um, went to a party there. Larry Menti had so much damn makeup on his face, dude. I it, you, I thought he was like claymation, like one of those nineteen sixty <laughs> Christmas movies, like 
I'm looking over at him like, what is going on right now? But yeah, Larry Menti, legendary. Somebody right in there. the chat, somebody in the chat, tell us what the Irish place is on the corner of Third and Spring Garden. I don't uh, think it's, there it's anymore. right oh, on the Finnegan's tip of my wake. tongue. Yeah, it's not Finnegan's Wake. Finnegan's Wake. There you go. Uh, yep. Finnegan's and then we'll place. stumble down to McFadden's and maybe Silk City afterwards. Let's. By the way, did you see? Like, I will do anything on the site to avoid talking about the Eagles after talking about him yesterday. So I wrote a story about like Cecily Tynan and put it up there. I think I'm just like an anti-Eagles site mode, you know. Are you uh, are you ready for the nor'easter this weekend? I mean, even John Bolaris, I think he's done everything except call it the storm of the century because obviously he got snake bitten in 2000. So he's but he's he's calling for it, and you know when uh, Johnny Bolaris sniffs some snow, he knows there's some snow coming. Hello, three years we haven't had an inch. Three years. That's I awesome. I, I I would not I would not want another inch ever again. I, I'm with you. Believe me, I've been talking about moving to Florida for a long time. <laughs> but I like seasons. I like seasons. I, I still want the seasons. I just don't like the snow. The snow lays. It's cool. It looks pretty. And then it gets gobbled up. And then it's all just black. You, and the salt's all over the place. It you sucks. give me 70 in January, I don't give a damn about any season. That's, That's all true. I care about. Yep. We had friends from uh, California who were in over the holiday. And we went and met up with them. And I said, like, yo, do your kids, like, their kids are, like, 7 and 11 or something like that. I'm like, yeah, do they like coming out here? Is it, or they think it's like cold as shit. And they're like, no, they they like the seasons and all that. You know, my wife's saying she's like, they they live in San Diego. My wife's like, I don't know, you might get sick of like sunny and seventy degrees every day out there. I'm like, eh, I don't know, I don't think so. You know, I just feel bad for kids nowadays. They'll never be able to experience the snow the snow day like we did because obviously class yeah. can just go on online now sucks it could be yeah it's like global well and also too they might not get any snow because of global warming we should get Hello. greta greta thunberg on the show we should have her on one of these days you know let's go um <laughs> that's gonna sure she takes the battery. I'll, I'll talk to her about my battery powered ego mower and we'll get ford to to come on the sure. show too are we gonna she get into the that. jeffrey epstein list too is that yeah yeah we're waiting for that one that. to uh that one got delayed the january 22nd you'll come back on for the january 22nd interview that's all yeah. my timeline is is just nothing but Jeffrey Epstein right now. It's like, all right, dude. Like, okay, give yeah. it to me already. Let's Who go. you got? You got Rogers or you got Jimmy Kimmel? <laughs> I'm not a Kimmel guy. I don't care I'm about either. him. Yeah, I'm not a Kimmel guy. Um, I, you know, I I like Darren Rogers. It's a shame because he's definitely a troll. Uh, he's got way too much time on his hand. Um, I like I love McAfee. McAfee's just McAfee's a legend, man. You know it. Like, dude's so good. So the fact that he brings on Rogers, they laugh about it. Who cares? But um, you know, look, it, it, obviously he hit a button with Kimmel. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be all. I mean, the thing about Kimmel was, man, you go from the man show, which is like one of the most iconic shows, like for for comedy with Adam Carolla, and then you go over to and he's just just lobbing softballs on late night television for the last like 10 years, 15 years. And like, yeah, go cash your checks. I get it, man. Yeah. Don't don't give me exactly. wrong. Go host the Oscars, go host the Golden Gloves. But man, if you if you watch a monologue and you and you look back and if 15 years from now you'd be like, Yeah, this guy's doing monologues on uh on the tonight show, you'd be like, Ugh. I can't yeah. believe uh, I can't believe this is what he's turned into. Girls jumping on trampolines. <laughs> Black Black trampoline. that was a classic. Yeah, that was a classic. I right, we'll get it. Um we'll get it back to the Jeffrey Epstein in a minute here. I just have want to make one final uh, <laughs> we'll get it back to the Jeffrey Epstein list in a moment. I just want to make one final Eagles point. And then we'll ask if Dave Chappelle is a transphobe. Um <laughs> let's just cover all of it today. <laughs> yeah, if Bob Wankel was on the show, he would have rolled off the 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 
camera three three times already by now. Is Brian Johnson Doe number one seventeen? Uh taking your call. Six one oh. I do appreciate those tweets of people saying, like, you know, Brian Johnson's on the Epstein yeah. list. I would get, oh, get him out of here. But that's a good segue, Pagan, because I think the um I think if you went if you looked back at so there's two things from the from the game. We always start macro and we talk about you know fire Nick Sirianni or whatever. But from the game itself, which was a winnable game, the two things that like I hated more than anything, obviously the final sequence at the end where they go QB run, QB run, bubble screen to the left. Now, Brian Johnson comes out and Nick Sirianni comes out. Nick Sirianni comes out and they both say it. Ha- they, they, they both talk about the wind. All right. Like the wind was a factor. They got to get to a certain point. OK, so when you say that, that to me removes the idea of being aggressive because they said that there was aggression in those calls. But if you're admitting that you have to play to keep yourself in field goal range, then by default, that's not aggressive. You know what I mean? It's smart, you know, but you're not, you know, you're not bombing the ball. You're not seven step drop and like risking losing yardage or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Johnson comes out yesterday during his press conference yesterday, Tuesday, and he says there are different options built into that bubble screen, right? And the Eagles do this a lot, which is why it's hard for us to like evaluate the play calling because Jalen Hurts will walk to the line, and based on what the defense is showing him, there may be an option to throw a slant or throw a bubble screen or take a bomb. You know, so there's different checks at the line, right? It's it's less about like audibling to something different completely and saying like when you walk up to the line of scrimmage, there are three different ways that this play could go. My problem is that the bubble screen shouldn't even be in the fucking playbook. Because it's a terrible play and they don't have the, the personnel to run it. So even if you see four guys deep and them showing a pressure look and you want to beat the pressure and throw the fucking ball over there. Whoa, where'd the prop come from? Let's go. It's always sitting here. I'm like Hannity. Hannity used to stand there with the football or whatever because I guess he didn't know what to do with his hands or something. But um, nice. But he uh, like the idea is like, let's get away from the pressure, throw it to the perimeter and get blockers out in front. They just don't have they, they don't have the personnel to run that play. You Devontae Smith is weighs less than I do. He's six foot one, 170. I'm six foot one, 178. Do you want me out there blocking for Dallas Goddard? It makes no sense at all. So you've got AJ Brown on the other side of the formation. They had five plays on that drive and a penalty, I think, right? The best play they had of that drive was an 18-yard, 19-yard slant to AJ Brown. They throw a bubble screen on the other side to Kenny Gainwell while A.J. Brown's on the complete opposite side of the formation. And you have Devontae Smith and Julio Jones blocking for him. You know, Julio's a big guy. He can block and he get out there. I'd rather have A.J. Brown because he's like five years younger or whatever, six years younger. So I just don't understand. It's not – I'm not anti-bubble screen in general because I think teams that have the personnel to do it, you have a shifty guy that you can throw the ball to. You got, you know, a quarterback who throws it out there with zip. I don't know how many times Jalen Hurts has thrown that pass where it just doesn't seem to get there in the right place or fast enough. I don't think that that should even be in the playbook. The screens that they've had success with are throwing to Dallas Goddard where they get the offensive line out, where they leak out the tackle and the, and the left guard or something. He's remember Dallas Goddard scored against the dolphins on a bubble screen, but oftentimes they throw that more shallow screen to him where he comes inside and it's only like a five to 10 yard pass. And like you get like the tackles out and the middle screen that they throw to the, to uh, Deandre Swift, where you know you're you're allowing the rush to come in, just dumping it over the top. That's what works for them. I can't think of a single time this year that that bubble screen has gone for more than six yards, five or six yards or something. So to me, it's less of an idea of it's less of the concept of like 
looking at the defense and making the smart read based on what the defense showing you versus that that play just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, it you're sucks. not going to get argument here. <laughs> it does suck. I mean, you I, can't I just, have, your 170 pound receiver cannot, cannot, cannot be your lead blocker. Just no. like he gets that. injured. He gets injured because he can't move the guy. He gets pushed back a little bit and then he runs into his own guy. I mean, the, the, that's why I made that joke post on the site afterwards where the headline was like the front cover of the Eagles yearbook should be, Devontae Smith as a lead blocker for Kenny Gain while getting injured on like third and 19, you know? So, and I know that I'm not, nobody here is naive enough to think that they're going to bomb the ball down the field. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Um, Devontae Smith is not bigger than anybody in the Cardinals secondary, not even the corners. I mean, even if you got him blocking like their equivalent of Darius Slay or something like that, he's not bigger than Buda Baker. He's not bigger than any of those guys. Why are you throwing it to Kenny Gainwell in the first place? I mean, we could do. I could do a whole separate rant about why he's out there versus DeAndre Swift. You know, the two parts to, from that in the end of the game: the Gannon <coughs> kicking the onside kick, brilliant because he knew like they're going to milk it if they get it, and he yes. came out and said it. Thought that was brilliant. And then the Eagles didn't coach well at the end. You know, like I, I can't go crazy about this offense. They scored thirty plus points at the end of the game. They came up short strategic way short you got to go get seven you, you haven't been able to stop them all freaking game go score a touchdown or at least go down shooting for a touchdown i get it you don't want to throw an interception who cares um and then the whole the qb keeper if i never see another forget a bubble screen i don't want to see another qb keeper in my life never do i want to see it i get it a couple weeks ago jalen hurts was running all over buffalo it's not happening yeah. right now i don't know but I just had enough of these bubble, these these QB keepers. You saw it with Bama. Enough, enough can is enough. Just, and can I make a quick point, real quick, to because it makes a lot of sense here. Because the analytics guys get on, and the and the Eagles media who hate the run the ball crowd, they get on Twitter and they use their EPA and analytics and shit like that. But how many of those runs are unsuccessful? Jalen Hurts QB runs where he gets nothing versus splitting it out to handing it off to a tailback. You know that's why I say the run the ball. <clears throat> you know, battle between the media and fans needs to have that caveat in it of, of, you know, quarterback runs that go nowhere versus, you know, getting swift involved or something. Run the ball when you could dominate your opponent. And there's been plenty of games that they could yet. They didn't. That's the issue I have. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, run the football. I want to go back in time. No, my point is, is, you know, when you got bad teams, go ahead and run it down their throats. Like the Arizona Cardinals had nothing to play for. Nothing. And you let them just do whatever they wanted. It's just so odd to me. But like I said, this team right now, if we're going to go ahead and power rank them out of all the teams that are, will be in the playoffs, I think there's 20 plus 20 teams right now could make the playoffs after week 18. <laughs> How many teams do you have the Eagles beating Falcons? Right. What are we talking about? Like, that's about it. You know, the Bucks is going to be a close game. Um, it's just frustrating the way that this season <laughs> oh, has played out. Does this uh, playoff merch in the airport make you feel any better? It looks like, uh, wow. Craig, if you can zoom in a little bit on that. It looks like we got a little Game of Thrones zero here for the Eagles, 2023 playoffs. I keep forgetting um, that we are in the playoffs. That's how bad the season has gone. I, for, I keep forgetting that we're clinching, and we've already you know clinched uh, about three weeks ago. Um, but, I mean, what's, what's the slogan this year? It's a Philly thing last year. It's like uh, – <laughs> I mean, this, there it is. The slogan is last year's playoff. That's what it is. 2023 playoffs. Let's not talk about this year. That's the slogan. Let's not talk about this year. <laughs> Good uh, grief. What if, they play in, 
If they play in Tampa again, Pagan, we should send you down there to meet up with uh, Eric, and you guys could do like a death metal, uh, you know, skit before the the game or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash a guitar, or break a set, or whatever. Um, your, at least you get good weather own. in Tampa, right? At least you're going to get good sunshine. Well, last there. time I, I was down there for the game last time in the playoffs, and uh, it was rainy and windy. So rainy right. and windy typically in mm-hmm. uh, in January down there. It's 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 weird, you know. It, it changes every 20 minutes down there in Florida. The weather. Here's the statistic for you: Jalen Hurts rushing uh, last. Okay, I'll give you all three years: 2021, 5.6 yards per run. Last year, 4.6 yards per run. This year, 3.9. So yeah. it's way down. And then He's if you look at up. yeah, yeah, and DeAndre yeah. Swift, 4.6 yards per attempt this year. So again, <laughs> when people give you those EPA, the media loves the EPA. I'm gonna fuck about the EPA and like expect yeah. You find these people who, and like much respect to a lot of these guys, they do a great job. But the thing, one of the things that bothers me is when there's one statistic that like they go to the well with over and over and over and over again. And it, you know, it'd be like that guy, Aaron Schatz, will talk about his like DR or something. You know, he's, he's on right? my television screen right now yeah. as we speak. They're, they're the ones who are the teachers in college and they make you buy the book that they, that they wrote. Just so they could get the kickback on the book, and he invented yeah. that stat. So he's like, "Here's my stat. You're gonna, I'm gonna." It's like ESPN first. invents QBR, and then they talk about QBR over and over and over again. They make you work off of their parameters. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work off your parameters because I can just make up my own shit. I can, I can call it the kinker. Uh, run, mm-hmm. yeah, the kinker, like like the K I N K E R, you know, Raptor dork yeah. or something, right? And I could just say, well, his kinker number isn't that good. And it's like, I don't care because I've just made my own shit up and I'm, I'm living in this own, my own world. But I just gave you two things right here that are very surface level. Hertz is only 3.9 yards per attempt and Swift is 4.6. So wouldn't you think when you lump them all into one category of just rushing success number? Well, no shit. It looks a certain way because the quarterback's bringing it down. So you don't have to go. Kyle, you said it earlier, man. Like we're, we're either here or we're here, right? We're living on one extreme or the other extreme, but like, I think the best sweet spot for data and analytics is like one step below the surface or two steps below the surface. You're still speaking a language that people understand and they don't get lost trying to figure out, you know, Nikola Jokic's Raptor, but the NBA is that's the NBA. Those are the NBA people where it's like, Oh, I got this one stat. That's telling the NBA. Mm -hmm. Can't even have a a basketball conversation. Can't have a barbershop conversation anymore about basketball. Never. it's it's gone it's gone too far off the deep end. And, and here's a further and here's a further Tinker, thing you, too. But Tinker, what you, you should do is you should have the two things can be true theory. That should be your thing. Like yeah, that. and you have to take the tush push out of it too. So Jalen's you know yards per carry. If I'm going to take it, this is a perfect example of what I'm just talking about. You take you know those plays out of it. What does his YPC come up to? Four point three, four point four. Does it eclipse DeAndre Swift? That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so, there's so many like little caveats here where people say, well, Jalen Hurts has X rushing touchdowns. How many of those were QB draws, scrambles? How many of them are pushes? You know, so, you know, but if you're also to EJ's point, it's like when you're analyzing, you know, the rush success and whatnot and all that stuff, how many of the the sneaks are in there too? So it's, it's, it's impossible to like, just give you kind of, you know, surface level stuff on all that when you have these like very definable caveats. These are not, we're not, we're not like searching for these, right? Like the shove is a huge part of what they do. 
Oh yeah. So, you know, and, and Jalen, how many times has Jalen Hurts had negative runs where he's kind of get down to protect himself. He doesn't want to get clobbered behind the line of scrimmage by like Buda Baker or somebody else. Like we saw in the fourth quarter the other day. So yeah. Brace, you still I, got I, time. I know I said half an hour, but oh, you yeah. got time. No, okay, I'm, cool. I'm here, baby. I'm here. I was just thinking, you know, a great name for uh, a stat would be a lanker. Let a naysayer oh. know a lanker. I like that one. That's a good one. I don't think anyone. I, I don't think Alabama's using that one anymore. No, so I think we can actually take that one. That's it. That's it exactly. Uh, Brace, I did want to ask you. I mean, your your old uh, your old partner over at ninety seven five left uh, left his drive time show when it was uh, at its peak. Basically, I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on uh, on Mark's leaving. Uh, yeah, man. I, I see. He's always been a real dude. Obviously, I think you know. We're in the business, so we know we pay attention to this stuff a little bit more. I know definitely Kevin does. Um, but Odyssey, I just got an email today that they're they're basically going to go through what iHeart just went through as far as bankruptcy is concerned. Mm-hmm. So I assume that it came down to money. I, I apologize. Did not catch the, the interview with him oh. last week. I heard it was really good. My, my man Luke Arcani was raving. John's a real dude. John's I'm still good friends with John. Would call him up right now if I needed something. Um, but it just tells you that there was definitely something going on that the guy is hosting drive time on WIP and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, wait, how does that happen? You know, but I just don't think that the money is there. Like it used to be for, you know, the, the Cataldi's, the, the cousins, the Missinelli's, you know, like it's just, it's not the way it, it, it is anymore. And, you know, you got to scratch and claw your way. And I'm sure the money was good there. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, not worth what he was willing as far as uh, the, the time that he was putting in. He didn't think it was uh, it went hand in hand. So I respect it. And look, you know, he's got a great following. He's a great uh, personality. Lo- like that dude is Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio, right? Like that. John Marks, the first day that I met him, I was like, I want to be rocking with him because I knew that he was like he loved it he dreamt of actually being on wip i would imagine so uh for him to walk away man that's pretty crazy but uh i'm I'm fully expecting to kick ass and take names moving forward did you guys see the um i did the radio wars like five um you know storylines that were following for 2024 i put that up on the site yesterday uh tuesday and uh because because john when he was on the show last week with us talked about the bankruptcy thing and how he was did you know okay. how many things it was a matter of of when not if right and um so like my wife worked at um cbs radio everybody knows when uh cbs was bought by intercom in 2017 i guess and then intercom changed their name to odyssey right but you know like employees come with um what's called restricted stock so it's like part of your it's not part of your salary it's like a perk right i mean it's like you like you work for us so therefore we give you x amount of shares in you know whatever company right um so so the 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 stuff she started with like 190 some <clears throat> shares that were worth like 900 dollars, right and you know the stock starts to you know whatever and it's like you eventually you think it might bounce back or whatever and she just held held on to it It wasn't a ton of money it's not like something we invested in like she just got it you know what i'm saying so it's not like we made a shitty investment and then like just let it die like we wouldn't do that but <laughs> she went so when they did the reverse stock split in the summer, you get charged for that, what's called a reorganization fee, because X amount of shares that you own are now turned into less X amount of shares that you own. So you get 
you know, you get a fee for that. There's like a $30 something reorganization fee, right? So because the stock that she had left was only worth like, it was a four shares worth like 22 cents each. She actually owed money off the fee, which put her account in a negative balance. All right. Does everybody follow that? Because the yeah. stock, the stock was worth less than the fee to restructure it in the summer when they were trying to avoid bankruptcy. Yes. Great. So, so what she did was talk to E-Train. She's like, yo, can you just waive this fee so that I can just close this shit and get rid of it? So they waived the fee, and I think she sold four, sold four shares of stock for like 88 cents. There you go. So, Pay back some of the Christmas presents. You're rich. Yeah. So you can buy what can you buy for 88 cents? Like one like one quarter of a gallon of gas or something like that. I'll I, tell you straight up, I was in like the quicksand yesterday it was just a struggle to get out of the house to go do a show so i didn't get a chance to read it but i just buzzed right through it and uh you yeah obviously you guys were right on it i'm glad john brought that up because that that it had to be at the forefront of everything um yeah, wip yeah. being cheap and trying to save money and who knows which way they'll go but wow miss Sinelli back in the mix yeah what do you know about that kev what do you interesting. know interesting i did I'm not, not ready to put, i'm not ready to put like odds on it i wouldn't offer it at the crossing broad sports book i would leave it off the maybe the offshore markets have something on it but i know that there's been discussions and his name pops up and he's not it's not at a point where like miss Sinelli's done Right. It's not like a ride off into the sunset thing. I think that there's still like his name. That's why I said in the mix, because his name does come up. And I know that conversations have taken place and discussions have taken place. Is this place. him putting his name in the mix or is this actually people it, it coming up? Because I know he texts you. No, it's um, no, it's a two way street. Okay. Yeah, it's a two way street. Uh, but I don't know how much. And look, I mean, there could be, you know, he could move from he's doing his podcast with them. Um, Rivers, Bet Rivers, Bet Rivers yeah. I guess right now, and he's got the Jacob show. He's doing the post game show with Seth and Mark, and um, I forget the woman's name. I'm sorry, she's new, Kayla something, uh, Kayla Santiago. So um, yeah, I mean he's got things that he's doing now, but I would you know I mean it, the situation would have to be the right thing. I mean people think it would be crazy for Mike to ever go back to 97.5 the fanatic, but here's what I would say: Joe Bell like is going to retire soon. Joe um, Joe is the vice president and like the Philadelphia market manager. So he oversees MGK fanatic all that stuff. Um, you know, if the reason that Mike, you know, was at odds with the fanatic, if that reason departs, then does that open the door back up for return? I mean, you never know. Um, I would not put my money on that if I was a betting man, but it did, but yeah, I mean, you remember that ended in a messy way, but if you remove one side from the equation, then there's no, there's no roadblock to, to, you know, like coming back, you know what I'm saying? Get the band back together, man. Put Miss Sinelli with Marks. Go bring Harry yeah. Mason. Tell yeah, and what. the Eagles should go get Shady McCoy back and Deshaun and bring back Riley Cooper. You know, it's like those always work well. Those always work well in, in Philadelphia. You know? I, I just get so frustrated because it's like, you know, I, I read that, that um, what is that? The All Insider, All Access. That's what it is. It comes right to my email. And that dude got hired officially yesterday, which dude, he was interviewing people last July or August, if I'm not mistaken. From you talking about, talking about Scott Masteller? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pro, new program director at 97.5. Yep. Which is pretty funny because aren't you supposed to put that job up? Like, aren't you? Right. Anyways. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, that was a Comcast thing. HR like, yeah, we'll put it on, we'll put it on LinkedIn for 30 days. Hope no one, you know, applies to it. But yeah, exactly. 
I just, dude, like if you gave me an opportunity to go out there and find new voices and you gave me a budget, I would just, I would go nuts. It would be incredible. It would be an unbelievable opportunity because there's so many talented people out there that are doing their own thing. I'll tell you right now, I'd hire Pagan in a second. I don't know if I could count on him getting up in the morning, but I'd hire him in a second. <laughs> I, I would have to be the two to six guy because I You're do two to not, six. Okay. I'm All not right. a, I'm not a six to 10 guy. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it's it would be an incredible uh, opportunity to go out there and spend some money, bring in some new talent and get some fresh new voices. Look, I'll love and respect the WIP. A monkey can honestly get ratings there. I think, honestly, I think you can get a, a monkey from the Philadelphia zoo, go to WIP. He would hit the on button. He would get ratings. I guarantee it, but they are beatable, right? Like, when we were humming at, at the Fanatic, we were doing pretty good things. Like, I, I, I know John and myself, we we topped them one time. I mean, again, it's one time, whatever. But Miss Sinelli was on top. Um, I, I got respect for people like Joe who are doing a great job over there, Joe uh, DeCamera and Joe Giglio and all that. But they're beatable. They're beatable. So you just got to get fresh new voices. Here's what jumped out at me. And I didn't put this in the story initially, but uh, uh, Jeff Blumenthal, the Philadelphia Business Journal, who's been on the show, he's a friend of the program. Um, he he had an interview with Scott Masteller where Masteller said, um, maybe Craig can pull it up or find it. But I think he said Here, something. I got it for like, you. Um, uh, is this a quote you want? Yeah, I wasn't sure I wanted to do I, that. I really wasn't looking to do this again because it was Philly, because of my relationship with Joe, and because of my past interest in the market and the radio station. It just kind of came together at the right time, said Matt Steller, who would continue to live in Williamsport and spend time in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. The red, the red flag, like the red flag could not be any bigger in front of my face or not. You know who also said they weren't sure before they came to Philly? Doc Rivers wasn't sure. Because he was going to, he said it, quote, at his introductory press conference, he said, you know, I was going to take a yes, break. Yes, he did. And then yes, Philadelphia came aboard. So when I see that, like my, like. Um, it's the same thing with the Inquirer editor. Doesn't he live out in California or something like that? The sports editor? The sports editor lives in uh, Connecticut and he's like yeah. hybrid. But they have editors full time who live in Chicago and L.A. and Boston and. Yeah, I mean, um, radio and, 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 and newspapers and those like industries from like back in the day, those are like industries that you, you can't really work hybrid off of unless you're doing like you know satellite radio in a national well you, you like can local. it's do you do you want to win you know if you want to win you can't no you got to be dude you got to eat sleep and drink it you got to be in there butt crack of dawn you got to be up for the late night games you got to be in the parking lots you got to do the man on the streets you got to hire the right people you got to be creating content week in week out day in day out like you got to be invested and for somebody to say oh, i wasn't sure but i'll take this job good luck yeah, that doesn't that jump that jumped out to me. That that's something that I think is a is a red flag. But we'll see. You know, never 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 a dull moment, as they say in Philly sports media. But I've also got a bunch of items. I uh, finally wised up here and uh, put a a quadrant on my whiteboard dedicated to stories to follow. Mm-hmm. So you know, because we write all this shit and then I just completely forget about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, I wonder whatever happened about that. So I'm gonna try to actually do some more some more real journalism this year. I've got a Sixers arena. Uh, column coming either later today or tomorrow morning that's got some interesting nuggets in it we're gonna follow uh we're gonna try to decipher we're gonna try to crack the jamie apodi case this year Ooh. Um, <laughs> she said i saw a post she said uh good riddance 2023 she's looking forward to 2024 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have yeah. some uh what can i say here without revealing it we have uh 
There's a couple inquire things up there. I'm going to keep an eye on the Zillow listing, Pagan, and look at uh, see if that fish townhouse does indeed sell for 1.25 million. We may have. We're to- all looking forward to that. I mean, the we way should- the way Joel and Beats is five and a half million dollars with two bedrooms, <laughs> two bedrooms for five and a half million dollars, thirty eight hundred a month in HOA fees. Like, yep, that, that might be the worst house on the market right now. That caught my. Well, eye why would too. you build it? Why would they build a condo in like in that area? Is is that an area for luxury condos? Would you get a nice view of like I ninety five going below you? Nice, nice view of Independence Hall. I'll tell you that. I was looking at it a little uh, bit, but, but okay. you, are, but you are, you're looking basically at the practice facility from your, from your east. I want uh, to send you to the, to the north. South is pretty nice. Though. I have an assignment for you. When the one point two five million dollar Fishtown house opens up and they and they have their open house, I want mm-hmm. you to man on the street inside the Fishtown house and just be like, "Is this thing worth one point two five? It's the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen." It's funny you say that. Me and Craig have a couple emails out to a couple realtors about uh, some houses <laughs> that are on the market right now that people are actually not interested in us kind of coming in and uh, doing something with them. So we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll keep that for 2024. It was like, you know, no publicity is, or uh, excuse me, all publicity is good publicity. You know, yeah. I just don't know that I, we bought our house. Here's some, I'll reveal some more Kincaid financial information. We bought our house on that same street in Philadelphia in 2015 for four hundred thousand dollars and they're selling they're selling a house now on the other end of the block the worst the the the, yeah, the worst end of the block for three times more than three times as much as that there is nothing that you could build you could build the nicest fucking mansion on that corner and it would not be worth 1.25 million dollars it's across from the highway you're looking literally at the on-ramp to i-95 brace how about paper hands kincaid not holding you onto the house gotta be more diamond hands over there would you you just sell did you sell Bitcoin once it uh, started to see the first kind of a crash, and now it's back up to forty five thousand a bit? I actually had a uh, excuse. Me, I had a, a a light question. I, my wife bought this light outside. We've been it's it's a porch light, right? It's been up for the last four four years. It burned out, dude. I've never seen this bulb, and I'm like, who the hell could I ask? What the hell this bulb is? I was gonna text Kincaid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Kincaid for real. Loves engineer Twitter or or or. Uh, union twitter or whatever so the suburban twitter. dad you know yeah. twitter yeah i mean just like a fix it fix uh d d uh diy like washed dad suburban twitter yeah i um you know it's funny sean you ever been in those houses in the city that had the huge like the the bolt like the long lights hanging from the ceiling that had like the big Chandelier. globes in them or whatever all right there was we had those in our house and there were five year lights inside of them and like I could not reach these motherfuckers for to the life of me. So when we sold the house, I just left one of the lights out because I'm like, if I fall over my balcony, I will die in my own house. I don't know how to. Re- I had no idea how to change the light bulb. So it's just that's like, like the dude like we sold the, the house to. I'm like, this is your your good luck, <laughs> your, bro. Yeah. That's like getting the roof and and buying the house in year 14. The roof goes at 15, 16. It's like oh, motherfucker. Now my you roof, I had holes in my roof. Dude, I could do an entire podcast on how shitty, shittily built my house was. We had water. Did you buy a money pit. We bought. Well, it was it was a nice house, but they just didn't. You know what the problem was? All the contractors just came at different times. Mm-hmm. Like they should come in a certain order, right? Well, let's um run the HVAC line up, and then we'll have the drywall guy come in. And it's like they they like they punched holes like they punctured the friggin' like HVAC line. It's like like a brand new house. What are you doing? So we now we're gonna get you on the Naked Philly OCF uh, Realty podcast. You'd be you'd be great on there, and you could just you could just land based 
Fishtown properties and how when the early 2000s, every contractor came in, built these places like paper mache and then just left for people to like fall through their walls. I should invite all of the like the <clears throat> the developers on Twitter who were talking about the Sixers arena. I'll be like, let's get together and do like a forum. And then I'll just crush them. Like, why are these houses so fucking shitty? You know, I have water coming in my roof. You know, I had like I had to like dig a hole in the in the basement to get, you know, my pipes freeze. Anyway, that's not. Um, I want to do a quick two minute drill with you guys while we're wrapping up here. Joel and B Jolly Ranchers while grabbing a triple double. Do we like Jolly Ranchers on the court with the big fella who's an MVP candidate? Do we like him eating Jolly Ranchers during? I'll go play? first. I don't mind it, but are we sure it was a Jolly Rancher? Why not a cough drop? Are we sure it was a Jolly Rancher? So he is a cough drop guy, too, because apparently that makes him breathe easier. Um, it's like a nasal strip, but that was a Jolly Rancher, and he's been known to eat Jolly Ranchers before. Did wow. that Jolly Rancher commercial back when he was hurt, uh, when they just made fun of him for uh, being on the bench for that first year, year and a half. Uh, Kev, do we like Jolly Ranchers on the court? Uh, no, but I think the idea that he would choke on a Jolly Rancher is a joke. I mean, yeah. Joel Embiid is like seven foot two. How large do you think his esophagus is? <laughs> exactly. Are you? The guy's on the floor every other possession, Kinker. Like he's he's battling down laying on the ground. He, he, our esophagus Dude. is like this. His is like this. There's no way a Jolly Rancher is getting lost. Things like a tick tack, uh, yeah, tick tack to Joel Embiid. That's what that thing is, right? <laughs> yeah. Just popping in. Boom. Dude, you, At least he's ever, got good breath. Dude, did you ever swallow like a um like a Mucinex? You know how those pills are humongous. I literally was like 13 years old. I swallowed a Mucinex and it didn't go all the way down. Sat right here in the middle, and mm. I felt like I was gonna if I fell asleep, I was gonna choke and die. That's how much of an idiot I was. Yeah, chop them motherfuckers up and put them in like applesauce or something. Oh my like, god, dude, those Mucinex pills are humongous. That's the same thing with like uh with, with Jolly Ranch. Like we, Kev, I can't believe you're doing this. We've been through broken faces. We've been through thoracic outlet syndrome. Like this yeah. is only another freak injury. Andrew Bynum doing flamenco you're dancing. Just saying why? Home. Yeah, you're saying why risk it? I get it. We need like a, we we need who does like ears, nose, and throat. The we need to get an ENT doctor on here to tell us how wide the esophagus of like a seven foot Cameroonian is, you know, and then we can we can decide whether it's um you know a hazard or not, right? We uh, we brought in the new year. The Mummers almost fought a family on Broad Street. Um, Craig, I think we have that video if you can pull it up. Um, the Froggy Car Brigade. Always, it's always the Froggy Car. It's always the Froggy Car making a mess or something. Yeah. Guy takes a flag, sticks it in someone's face. Yep. Yeah, but are we sure? Are, what, what, do we, was there any video like showing what precipitated it? Like, did the guy yell something at him? Uh, I'm sure he did. I'm, I'm sure it was. Yelled. But like, yeah. Kev, you, you, you can't be sticking flags in people's face. That's that's where that's where you, you lose. Me. If this guy took the flag and they went down to South Philly and stuck it in a froggy cars uh, individual's face, they'd roll on this dude. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not like taking the side. I'm just saying I, I don't I'm not saying anything justifies like, you know, these guys throwing punches at each other. But like, I don't know. Like I couldn't find any video, you know, of what happened bef before. I, I don't Was know. Was there a second flag? Well, uh, <laughs> never mind. I was going to make a mummers joke, but we're neutral on the mummers officially. We had the guy on the show last year who saved that dude's life in the, in, uh, yeah. uh you know, whatever. But you know, it's funny, man. I said, Fra yeah, Froggy Carr was in the news like three years ago because, uh, yeah. Kenny like banned him from the, or, uh, remember Mayor Kenny versus the, the mummers, that whole I thing. Do. Biggest, yeah. yeah. I do. So. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I love the mummers, love going down to the mummers, love two street even more. 
um, have friends that are mummers. And it just it just sucks because 95 percent of the, the mummers are great people. And then you see this bullshit happen and everyone. If you check the comments underneath the uh, post, ban the mummers parade. The mummers parade is stupid. They're all racist. They all get lumped in. And it's yep. typically the froggy car guys who who like look to get suspended and disqualified from it every single year. And I'm sure 95% of the froggy car guys are great guys, but there's always your certain factions of the blackface guys and the guys throwing, you know, um, flags in people's faces and everything. And they just kind of ruin it for everybody else. I think uh, the majority of the city loves the mummers, but when they do stuff like this, it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, we should continue it every year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's like, Kev's afraid that's, of the mummers. Kev's afraid of the mummers. He's afraid to say anything bad about the mummers. That's okay. I like the mum. I like the mummers. Uh, definitely, it, no flags, political flags. Come on, people. Yeah, that guy, Kevin Kinkle. That, Hello, Kevin oh Kinkle. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you know, because you know what it is, man. It's like everybody will be like, well, you can't, you know, don't make sweeping statements about this or that. I mean, the, you know, the dudes that come out with the Caitlyn Jenner shit. All right, hey, we shouldn't do that. But I'm not gonna like, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say that's every mummer. The Mummer's greatest, Mummer's yeah. greatest hits. That album hits, man. That album hits. Yeah, there's yeah. some really good ones. The fact that you brought up Mary, Mayor Kenny actually doing something when he was office—that's that's amazing. I didn't yeah. think he actually had worked. I thought that was the easiest gig. Yeah, in, remember in his life. him? What, what did he do anyway? You know, I've only, I only know Sherelle Parker and uh, Michael Nutter. I don't even remember who the other guy was in between. Wow. I actually had hope for Kenny too. I was like, man, he's great. Yeah. I think he's a good dude. That guy did yeah. nothing. He was a soccer fan too. I was really disappointed. Yeah. He was more interested in watching like Real Madrid than actually uh, doing Union. anything to improve the city. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, ESPN sent out an apology because they aired boobs during the uh, the Sugar Bowl. I believe it was. We can't bring this video up, obviously, because we're not ESPN. We actually adhere to FCC guidelines and YouTube guidelines. Um, just a hilarious thing. I mean, it's Bourbon Street. Did we, we decide, though? Did, could we did we ever figure out whether that was live or whether that was B-roll? I think it was B-roll. I remember the broadcast saying this was last night, meaning Saturday night, that like everybody was walking around. So I think this was B-roll. Yeah, you could somebody didn't catch times, it. Yeah, yeah. Ninety-nine times out of hundred, the only live shots you're going to get during a game are like uh, they have the blimp flying around, or like you know they, uh, you know they catch the lady in the Eagles crowd who's saying, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, normally when they do the crowd shots, they go out beforehand, but it was dark. You know, so they would have had to film that. When does it get dark in New Orleans and? January, probably like five fifteen or something. So they would have been cutting it close. I don't know. Maybe they filmed it the night before. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but I think it was probably B roll. More boobs on ESPN. Through. Yeah, more boobs. I mean, look, they killed Frank Thomas over the holiday, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like could somebody do some jobs behind the scenes here, producers? Now nah, we killed. It, yeah, yeah, we killed Jim Fergosi at Channel Three. That's in my book. I'm going to put that in my book. So I started outlining that last week. I, I killed that. Bud Seelig last year, last summer. Oh, I, go, I go, Bud Selig's dead, right? He's dead. If he's not dead, I apologize. That's how I went about it. And he's not dead. <laughs> oh, man. I got to get the guy who, well, we killed, We all killed Jerry Blavitt, too. Well, not us, but some people killed Jerry Blavitt. Yeah, I, I, um, but I will try to get the guy on record explaining how he got moved to the graveyard shift after he killed Jim Fergosi and they tried to get him to quit. So oh, that, that, that bad? That will go into my book. Yeah. But we're, we were all union, right? You can't fire anybody in the friggin' union, you know? So it was like full-timers in the yeah, that sucks man you could you 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 could be a meteorologist get everything wrong you know for the whole seven day forecast mm -hmm. you killed jim Fergosi once and now you're the bad guy that's what i'm saying but cecily tynan can go up and just say whatever 
<laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. She thanked us for the block. Have we? I know, go. I know. I'm just being name honest. another name it. Uh, uh, Sheena Parveen. Sheena Parveen can go up Ooh. and do the seven day. Yeah. Talking yeah. about well, all the goodies here, man. Sheena Parveen. That's a name I haven't thought about in probably five years back. either. Nice. Going I, think about, I think Sheena Parveen weekly. <laughs> nice. Great tweet from Awful announcing in the last. This was last night before I closed my eyes about midnight at eh, 1042. Close enough. Uh, in the last 24 hours on ESPN, we've seen boobs. Watch a guy smell his female co-worker's shoes. Heard a paid guest spout multiple conspiracy theories and heard that same paid guest accuse a notable Disney employee of being a pedophile. The hell of a run for the uh, oh, awful announcing. Get off your fucking soapbox. Without any of those things, you wouldn't have anything to write about, yes. and your and your website would go out of business. It, that's a very Florio tweet, right? That's a Mike Florio s tweet from awful announcing. Well, I, and that was a better tweet than the one where they um, uh, identified Mark Spears as Marcus Spears and put the wrong black man on into a story about racial profiling. So. That was a pretty ooh, yeah. That was like the uh, who's the the Spain manager doing the oof, yeah, oof, oof. meme or whatever. <laughs> oof, um, so close, so oof close. <laughs> David David Tepper throws a drink on a Jaguars fan, find three hundred thousand dollars now only worth twenty billion five hundred and ninety nine twenty billion five hundred ninety nine seven thousand. Three hundred dollars to David Tepper is like the eighty-eight cents that my wife got for selling her Odyssey stock. So that's. Yep. Jason yeah. Kelsey says he'd rather get punched in the face than have a drink thrown at him. I'm going to disagree with Jason Kelsey. I'd rather have a drink thrown at me than get punched in the face. My, I am not a six-two, three hundred-pound lineman who has a Buick fall on him at all times. Um, but great video for David Tepper. This actually kind of made me like David Tepper in a way. I mean, I know the guy's been uh, persona non grata. He's fired every single coach and every single organization that he owns. But uh, throwing it, the Jacksonville fan was 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 hot. Yeah, well, you, know, you know what it is, man. It's like you know, I would rather have somebody uh, punch me in the face than like spit on me. Yes, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like you know, disrespectful. You know fluids or some shit Ugh. like don't do that like that's that shit's like gross like nothing's more disrespectful than like you know like you know i was watching um it resurfaced online uh yesterday remember when pumpkin spit on new york in flavor of love did you guys watch flavor of love that was <laughs> not, not to the point where i remember much about it but reality show moment where she got kicked off new york's talking shit she's talking shit and she spits in new york's face and new york takes her by the hair and throws her into the camera well it yeah. they don't make tv well they technically no. do because i got really enthralled with the salt lake city uh real housewives last night if anyone saw Ooh. that finale it was awesome but they 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 Reality TV back then with Jersey Shore, Flavor of Love, the Brett Michaels one. Brett Michaels, yeah. So, so just surreal life. Just VH1 was so good. And and they just let MTV cook them. My uh, wife watches a lot of Bravo, and she said that like half of the cast of Vanderpump Rules all got canceled. See, I'm excited. Well, that's true. But I'm excited for Vanderpump Rules to come back. I didn't even watch one episode last year, but I did watch the, the reunion because that's when everything went down. Are you watching these by yourself or with your fiance? Uh, sometimes uh, both. <laughs> when did you get down on a knee? I didn't hear about this. Yeah, dude, I got down on the knee back in September in Switzerland. Get out of here. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. 
I yeah, don't. I don't like to talk about my personal life. These mongrels in the chat don't need to know already oh, more bro, than they already they're, do. They're animals, absolutely animals. I just invited somebody to do a show with me. Nova Nation, come on down. This guy's like talk about guys that get jobs in the city that have no idea what they're talking about. Um, yeah, Sean Brace, another guy in this city with zero knowledge of sports that keeps getting jobs. Dude, come on in. And let's do a show together. We can chop it up, as they say, man. Let's have some fun. We are the home of Villanova, too, so you'll fit right in. Let's go. I do like this arc, though, because in the in the pre prior iteration of uh, Crossing Broad, Sean was a frequent target in the comment oh, yeah. section. Oh, as yeah. was I. I got killed probably more than anybody during the time that they were up. But Sean got a lot of got a lot of. Uh, oh yeah. You know, so here Everything. you are on our show now, you know. <laughs> Everything. I I once was invited into a, an interview. We'll just call it that. And um, the guy who was the program director for the radio station that we've talked a lot about today, um, he he actually brought it up to me. He said, uh, "You know, in in the crossing broad comment section, they call you," and he said a word that wasn't the word, but just change a letter. The W. And, the w yeah, there you word. go. And I go, oh, oh. All right, we're going there. Cool. And uh was kind of like, what the hell is going on here? But um they handled brought up it. the crossing broad comments section in a job yes, interview. He yes, he did. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, he did. And I go, Yeah, man, I'm a big they're big fans of mine. That's what I'm bringing. Which is radio station. <laughs> I'm guessing he was vetting whether you would be able to handle, I guess, negative negative negativity, like the callers. Like, what was he thinking? The callers are just gonna th th uh throw out slurs like the comment section of the crossing broad. That dude was the worst. Uh, you know, I I smelled him from a mile away. He called me up. He wanted to know what was going on across the hall, across the street, and um, it was Bloom. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he was he was such a clown. So when that when that interview went down, I go okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. Once that came up, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing there. It was just more along the lines of like, yeah. you know, want to hear more about you know what's happening with Miss Elian over there at the Fanatic, all that. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Played golf with Sean once, and my buddy holed out from 140 yards. Sean jumped out of his moving cart. Do you remember this? I do not, but and hell he yeah, man. My, and he tackled my friend in joy. It was amazing. <laughs> Best random pairing ever. That's actually, if you told me that, if you told me that story, I'd be like, yeah, that was Brace. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, what, what people should know about the comment section is that it was only ever like seven people who just kept um, posting under different names. Because we could track their IP addresses, and I would look at this one guy's IP address, and he would post under like ten different names. Wow, ten different messages. So having, it wasn't really having a conversation with himself. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and then one up. That's pretty. I like there that, was actually. some of that too. Yeah, there was some of that, and I was just like, it. It drove me crazy because it's not like, not because I gave a shit about any of those people, but I had to like use time out of my day to like moderate the comments because we had filters for all of the racial slurs and whatever. So some guy would just, you know, they, they, instead of writing like, um, you know, pick a slur, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever, he would go like X space, 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 oh. Y space, space, space. And they would just, they would just like create the next version of it. And then I would put, we would filter their church jobs were just like, I fucking hate my life. I'm wow. just going to be an internet troll. That's all time. I mean, you got to kind of, you got to kind of say, Hey, uh -huh. when you dedicate yourself to a craft like that, I mean, you're a real go-getter. I don't know why you're making $40,000 a year at your insurance job. Go out and get a better job or something like that. But like, yeah. well said, well said. Yeah. Um, I got but one regardless, more. Regardless, they were shut, they shut down the comments before the sale to the company because we thought that would help our case. So. One more. 
Landon Dickerson, this one went under the uh, under the wire a little bit. He brought a flamethrower to the Eagles White Elephant Party. Any good, any bad White Elephant gifts on the top of your guys' head that you can think of that you got? I always get shitty ones. I get like a bottle of booze. I'll always um, steal the bottle of booze. You know, nothing yeah. crazy on that. Um, People used to take things. We used to do this at Comcast. People used to take things from like around Comcast because they would forget to uh, to bring uh, their own white elephant gift. And also they were just cheap people. Couldn't go out and get a $20 Amazon gift card, I guess. But there was this book of Philadelphia. And on my floor, we had like hundreds of them. I guess we gave them away one time. We just got a surplus. There must have been three people who bought this or who brought this picture book of Philadelphia, wrapped it and gave it out as a white elephant gift. It's like we we know you all didn't just go to Borders or Barnes and Nobles and get this gift. You all took it out of the uh, out of the cabinet that was down on our floor. We've all seen this book a million times. White Elephant in corporate America is typically the shittiest part, but White Elephant for the Eagles, pretty awesome. Flamethrower, hell yeah! Oh, all these all these gifts that these quarterbacks are giving their offensive line, all these like you know uh, the scooters, the golf carts. Yeah, man, these NFL players. Yeah, they got a lot of flamethrowers. I don't. Where do you buy a flamethrower at? Where do you even get that at? Elon Musk makes a flamethrower, you know, like they should, he should focus more on making flamethrowers, honestly, than running X, you know, Definitely ro- rockets, more rockets than rockets. Yeah. 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 Like less, less Diablo four and talking about, you know, trans people on X and more yes. space X, like get this rocket. Why don't you, why don't you fire a rocket that doesn't explode How about that? More affordable Wi-Fi, more Starlink. All that stuff. Let's focus on Starlink. Don't worry about what your level 88 barbarian is doing on Diablo. You know, let's keep let's keep things in focus here. You know, Brace, you ever have a white elephant or Secret Santa at 97.5? You ever get Miss Nelly or you ever get, you know, Mike and Mike, but they never showed up to the white elephant because they were in the morning show? No, we we never did the white elephant. Miss Nelly did buy me. uh, He always bought everybody gifts for Christmas. It was normally a a Francis Coppola bottle wine. Oh, my God. That is the most Mikey missed. (laughs) That's an Yep, 100%. And, you know, look, I, I I know the Godfather. I know that. And this was back then, not now. I'm like, Francis Coppola, yeah, it didn't hit me. I'm like, yeah, it's a bottle of wine. No, that's, yeah, exactly. So You would get the um, Godfather's wine, the $15, $19 bottle of wine. It's the thought that counts. Um, I make six figures. Here's a couple of 19 bottles of wine, $19 bottles of wine. Anything, that's funny. uh Funny you brought Mike and Mike. Those dudes, yeah, they they were obviously out of market. And um, the one time we did do a uh, appearance with them, it was down at the Hard Rock. And I just remember Mike Greenberg being a complete tool. That dude was such a tool, dude. He didn't shake anybody's hands. He was a big germaphobe. And like he, Golik was the man. Golik was the man of the people. He would show up, hang out, all that. But Greeny would just roll in like five minutes before the event. Hey, how you doing, huh? Mike Green, and then sit in a corner, and then that was it. That was the only time we ever did anything with them. In them. Yeah, or Syracuse, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Kev, any Yuki Washington never get you a secret Santa? Uh, Channel Three was cheap as shit, man. There were years that we didn't even have holiday parties. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm I mean, first. one year they went to we went to uh, the party place whenever anybody would leave. Uh, Channel Three was the Kite and Key on like spring garden hamilton or whatever right and like one year we all went that was where the cbs3 holiday party was was it like the kite and key and they got us like appetizers to share like here's some cash bar bar, open bar uh it was a cash bar but my boss bought me a drink i think so yeah that ain't right they were cheap man they were cheap as shit yeah 
cash. I heart. I heart just rolled out. We just did. Yeah, Sean never got me any Christmas gifts. Kiss my ass, Jansen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I heart rolled out. We did a, uh, a 1100 social Xfinity live. We had a nice bingo party. It was pretty good. I, I'll give them credit on that one. Full open bar, all that uh, nonsense. Good time. I've got some great stories in the book. I'm gonna. I've outlined it. I started writing a couple chapters. Oh, yeah. No way, really. Yeah. Wow, yeah. this is for real. I got to get a lawyer though to look at it because I don't know, like, Ooh, yeah, like what gets me sued and what doesn't get me sued. I don't know, you know. So I hope I can get a lot of people on the record just to like laugh about it, like 15 years later and be like, oh yeah, I remember when that shit happened, you know. So, damn. Wait. One thing that I do regret that I wasn't in. Um, the early years of of Philly sports media. Going back and reading some of the Crossing Broad stories, like we talked about Menti, Alicia Lane, all that stuff. The uh, guy from 97.5 who punched the cab driver because he was too famous to pay his fare. That's an all-time story. But like those, Tom Burn. Tom Burn. Like, <laughs> that stuff doesn't like happen nowadays. Like like you'll you'll for every 10 stories you had in the early 2010s, maybe early 2000s, you get like one. You get like Dude, Mike. No, he's yeah, still it, was more the wild, it was more of the Wild West back then, yeah. But that's, I mean, it's just like People are behaving themselves a little bit more now. There's stuff that goes on. It's more behind the scenes, though. Yeah, I was producing that show, so I was producing for Tom Byrne at night. They just flipped. I ended up just getting a bartending ta- uh, job at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly, right? <laughs> so, and I worked two shifts and walked out of there with like three hundred, and they were day shifts. Walked out of there like two fifty. I'm like, dude, this is great. All right, everything's good. They don't hire anybody like that. I was able to weasel my way in, had some connection. Next thing, I flipped my schedule. I'm now producing for Tom Byrne. I think this was in the new year, like right around this time, if I'm not mistaken. Could be off on that. Anyways, so I'm in there. Byrne, don't hear him. Don't see him. He comes in, peeks his head in. He had a black eye. Yeah, man, I'm not going to be doing the show tonight. Um, some stuff happened. I'm like, all good, dude. <laughs> Next thing you know, that was all over the papers. He's corrected his life a hell of a lot since that time. He had three kids since then. Dude's on Sirius every day. Really good job by him. But yeah, he uh, he made a mistake that night. That's for sure. That cab driver was not playing any games apparently. But man, that's the best because like these like like you just and and, and no shot at Tom Byrne, but like well, no. he was like the overnight guy, right? Like it's not like he was like doing drive time or morning radio. Like, he was no, the it's overnight evil. guy. It's like but, evil. Uh, but back in the day, man, you were on. Something you were on KYW, you were on ABC Six, you were on Fanatic WIP. You thought you were the absolute shit. Your shit couldn't stink, and that's I just it. That must have been so insane just to walk around like that. Like if you when you were a producer at, at the Fanatic, would you like think you were kind of like absolutely? Yeah, I mean, look, that was me and John. John and I were doing the show together, and everybody hated us because we were the young guys and all that. But you know, I mean, absolutely, me. I mean, I already had an ego, of course. Worked hard to get to that spot, and I was able to. Uh, to to rise the ranks of doing a show Monday through Friday and learned a lot and ended up getting fired and that humbles your ass real fast. Um, But, you know, yeah, it was a different day back in those days. Like people cared about more of the soap opera stuff, minutia, dumb shit. Now, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but now now it's all like Twitter spats and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because it's more social media and like all these independent content people get in there, too. You know what I mean? But not even the Twitter spats are that good anymore. You don't have, you know, Johnny, you don't have Gonzo going after David Murphy and being like, remember when you the you that you wanted to go home with that chick from the uh, from the cab and you left with your dick in your hands or something like that? I was like, Yeah, Kyle had a. I mean, yeah, there was plenty of stuff for him to pull back then. I mean, it was like, and but people did it to themselves, you know. 
I mean, now Great. people are a little bit more like reserved or whatever, but those should all go. Well, I can put those in the book, but they're not my stories. You know, it's only my stories. It's only stuff that I like. Yeah. You know, like I'm not putting, uh, um, you know, Jeff McClain and Les Bowen punching each other in the face. Like that's not, that's not a story for my book. Cause I wasn't, that's one. I wish I was able to see in person. That's funny as hell. That is funny as hell. there is. I did have, I do have a spat with another media member in the book. But it was uh, nobody punched each other in the face. We just yelled at each other a little bit. So good, yeah. like like adults. Yeah, we handled it, and then we went outside afterwards and we talked about it, and we handled it. So it's like uh, you know, it's typical stuff. Dudes don't like you know. If it was two women, like they'd hate each other even now. But we were like, ah, oh, it's all good, man. You know. Yeah. So nobody's sticking the knife in there and twisting it. You know. So. Um, That's all I, I have. You got anything else? Did AJ Brown talk? Oh, I know Nick Sirianni was at the podium. I have not seen yet. Is this a podium deal for AJ or is this in the locker room? This is a locker room. Thing. He this is yeah. kind of locker. But he can just say whatever he wants to on Twitter anyway. It would reach more. Oh. Um, AJ Brown. All right, here, let's play it. Um, Craig, I'll send it to you. Apparently, people are going nuts because it was a great quote or something. Here we go. Uh, like for the Seattle game. That was on us. Like, we, we messed that up. We, we, we improvised and we went on our own and Nick came out and said, oh, I, I, I wanted uh, to try to get a flag or something, something crazy like that. Like he really made himself look like, look, look like a fool for us. I have nothing but respect for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause not all coaches do that. You know what I'm saying? So like, bro, bro, we ride with Nick, we ride with Brian. We just got to come out. We just got to play ball. It's all it is. It's either one person messing up or something like that. And, not saying that somebody just trying to mess up, but it happened. We human, you know what I'm saying? So, like, but like I said, it's highs and lows, and you see the glimpses. So that's why I'm like, oh, we right there. We right there. Despite everything, despite everybody saying this, saying that, like, we right there. And, and, we, and we know we are. And that's the only thing that matters. Is we know. We know. You can say whatever you want to say. But when the shit happens, then it's going to be like, oh, what is going on? Oh, oh, oh. What if it don't happen? Then we're going to try again. That's just what it, that's what it is. And that's what you, how you have to approach life. Okay. Super Bowl right. back on. Yeah, Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. I, I like that. I'll, I'll I'll say right now. We all knew Nick was a line sack of shit when he said that they were coming out to try to get a um, pass interference in the in the end of the game. Still doesn't still doesn't waive the fact that that call was insane and had and and, and didn't need to be caught at that exact time in the C, in the Seattle game. But like. I don't know. I mean, I guess if, if, if that kind of made me feel good that like they're on the same page and, you know, maybe they will get it right for the playoffs. But I, I don't I, I got to see it on the field. I can't just keep hearing these quotes about we're in a rut. We yeah. got to get out of the rut. Then why? Why? Why the nonsense the last two weeks? Why the pouting? Why the and I, and I talk about the end of the game because of, you know, the, the loss. I'm just like, why? Why for the last two weeks we're dealing with this nonsense? When that's, I guess there's more to the story. I obviously got to press play and see more and hear more of his comments, but I don't know that why, why all the the hoopla if that's all he had to say. We ride with Nick. I don't know. Yeah, what, a fair am point. I missing something? It's a fair point. No, it's they a fair did, point. They did have a they did have a, a meeting, so maybe they hashed it out, and then he's kind of covering it up. They went to the escape room. <laughs> did you hear that? Unbelievable, because I opened up the show yesterday by going, take a field trip to Risque. And then my guy Roy Burton said, no, they did a they did an escape room. I'm like, All right. escape room. And they just put it together. So you know yeah. what? The the escape room that saved the Philadelphia Eagles 2023. I mean, 
Fuck it. It, it, it. Like, again, I don't want to be the one left holding the bag. I don't believe in this team. I don't think the defense is that good. I think the offense is good. I just think it's the play calling. But if this is what's going to save the season, we'll always remember the A.J. Brown quote. It'll it'll be in the in the yearbook right next to Devontae Smith, 170-pound wide receiver, blocking, being the lead blocker for a bubble screen and getting injured on the play. Right, Kinker? That is correct. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask. It's all good. It's all good. No, we went we went over. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got to talk to uh, AJ Brown. I appreciate you, Brace, for coming on. 2024, Hi, uh, boys. Let's go. Happy I, New Year. I got to call the lawyer. I'll be. I'll. We'll <laughs> let you know how that goes. Man. All right. Hey, uh, thanks everybody for uh, for coming on. Uh, we will talk to you on Monday. Back to our regularly scheduled programming.